Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. Uh, my name is Joe Marchalina, sitting across from me once again, Dairyfield Schoolboys Lacrosse Coach Chris Hetler. Chris, thanks for joining me. Joe, good to be back. Feels like another feels like another repeat with the with the spring we've had here. With uh, you know, I'm a little stunned that the sun is actually out. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that today. Uh, we are once again recording this at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua. Uh, you can send us questions or comments for an upcoming show by emailing nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at at nhhsports. Uh, the show is available every Thursday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com and also on iTunes. Uh, you know. The yeah, it, it's been a it's been a I, I don't even know if overall yeah I think it's been a weird kind of spring. Um, it just but I mean, it's like it's like it seems like it's rained in some form every single day. The last like ten days especially, in, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, it, it felt like we'd turned a corner a little bit there. Um, I, you know, maybe two weeks ago now. I think my boys jinxed it. We had one day where it got above 70, and everybody started complaining about how hot it was, <laughs> and, and that just it ruined well, it. You know, what I was thinking last night was, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, not it wasn't cold, but I certainly wasn't warm. And, uh, you know, late-night games, you get, you know, there's some bugs that are just, you know, buzzing around, flying in your face, and thinking, you know, if it's going to be, if it's not going to be warm out, can we at least hold off on the, the, the on, on the on the bugs here? <laughs> like, can we can we have one and not the other? Or, you know, c- it just you know. Um, but despite that, we did we have had some we have had some games. We are starting to see some separation. Um, I know we usually start off with uh, Division One boys, but I think we should actually start and uh, talk a little bit yeah, about the girl we, the we girls gonna, scene. We, we have some big games. I think at the opposite end because I on the, on on relation to the weather, um, I noticed something. You know, of course Monday. First day back uh, from from school break for a lot of a lot of school pretty much everybody I, I think except you guys, um, you know. And there are some teams that, especially at that Division three level, that didn't have any games over the break. Uh, two in particular had unbelievable layoffs, um, you know, because of what I'm assuming is vacation plus bad Make weather. Game, yeah. Um, you look at the St. Thomas girls and the Bow girls. 18 days off and 19 days off, respectively, between the two of them. St. Thomas played Monday uh, against Plymouth. Their first game since, I want to say, the 11th. I, I, actually, for both of them. Hadn't played since April 11th. That's three weeks ago. And, uh, and Bo put up a pretty good fight today. They lost to Derryfield 12-6. Uh, looked a little bit rusty at times, but that's a team that, you know, again, you think, man, <laughs> 15 days since your last game. They, uh, they, they, that's a team that definitely will, will get better as the season goes on. You know, for you as a head coach, um, you know, maybe, maybe they were off completely during that vacation week, no practicing, whatever. But let's say they weren't. Uh, what are you doing over two and a half weeks? I, I've come around on, uh, you know, I used to be like, we got to practice every day. We got to practice, you know, keep. I think you go in spurts. I think you go, you, you go for a few days straight, then maybe you give a day off. You do some film. You do something different. Maybe you just get out and you don't do anything with lacrosse. Maybe you get out and you play soccer. You play some touch football. You do something just to change up the routine, something to k- still keep the group together. But I think when you know you've got a stretch of 14, 15 days like that, it's just going to wear mentally on kids. You know, we even <laughs> at the end of the season before playoffs, right, we try and get a scrimmage in because it just th- you can go almost 10 days right, without right, having a game. If you have a bye, yeah. You know, if you yeah. have a bye, you know, once you hit Memorial Day weekends, you may not have a game for for almost a week and a half, and it, and it gets it wears on the kids. By that time, you know, early in the season, at least you're still practicing, and there's potential to put in new stuff. But it gets tough. So, I, I give those teams credit for uh, 
for coming out and uh, you know putting up a good fight against Airyfield today. And then I think St. Uh, Thomas, Thomas beat up, beat up on Plymouth on Monday. 15, uh, Plymouth, that is a, a team that has looked a little bit better, I, or at least looking at their scores, have seemed like they're a little bit better this year. So that's a, a pretty nice win for a team that you know beginning of the season I thought might have a, a, a shot at sneaking into the playoffs and, and maybe making some noise. Um, you know, talking about the layoff, I, I um, had the opportunity to talk to obviously some of your kids um, this past weekend. You know, for for the season, and uh, that was something I was asking them because you guys played Tuesday of last week and then yep. didn't have a game until Monday because of a postponement um, the end of end of last week, and and even that it, you know six days. And right. they, some of them were starting to be like, you know, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little antsy. I want to go out and play. Yeah, honestly, all of it. You know, once the St. Thomas game was canceled on Friday, we just decided to do some film and, and take a break and watch some stuff. And then, uh, so we gave them that day kind of off. Uh, and then we had the weekend. We came back together Sunday night uh, to get a practice in before Central on Monday. Um, and I think it did re-energize the kids. We had a great, we had a great practice on Tuesday. And um, you know, I, I. I I've come around on it. A, a day off here and there can uh, can re-energize your group and, and keep you focused there. You don't need to practice every day. Now, as you alluded to, uh, there were a, a couple of pretty big uh, girls' games in Division One on Monday. Um, one of them I had an opportunity to see, kind of a, uh, a um, crossover game, if you will, between Division One Bishop Garden, Division Two Hanover. Uh, you know, because I was bouncing around yesterday and trying to hit a couple of games. I didn't end up getting over to uh, – I also didn't realize they were playing at Presentation of Mary until about, you know, 10 minutes before the game was supposed to start. Um, so that's that was, you know, my, my fault there. Uh, but I got there at halftime. Uh, as I'm walking up, BG scores, I think, two goals in the last, I don't know, let's say four minutes of the half. Uh, one with four-tenths of a second left on the, wow. on the clock. Making it 10-2. It's 10-2 at halftime, and I'm thinking, geez, what, what did I just – walk into um you know and then Hanover comes out and looks like I'm assuming uh, looked like a completely different team um in the second half largely behind the play of of Maddie McCorkle who I think I, t I texted you last night and said I have a developing opinion uh Maddie McCorkle is the best girls player in the state right now and I think I texted you back that I don't think you're going too far <laughs> out on a limb there uh as a as a Duke commit you know there's a reason you're a Duke commit and uh you know I think I think she's extremely talented and may just may not have the pieces around her uh, to, to probably the keep up with some of the deeper yeah. teams like, like a BG or a Pinkerton or a Bedford or even a Sauhegan. Um, but it just shows how explosive that team can be, being down 10-2 to two and, and come back and, and nearly complete the comeback, you know, losing 17-13. Uh, you know, the thing that it just – I guess what impressed me the most was just how complete her game looks uh, as a junior. Um you know, her first step was is just, you know, it's quicker than everyone else's. Um, you know, she seems to have a, a third gear or second gear, whatever you want to call it, that allows her to accelerate past people. Uh, um, you know, and then her ability to m operate, I guess, in, in, in tight spaces. You know, there were a couple times where she was able to get off passes, get off shots, or I was like, how is she doing that in that, you know, there's got to, unless I'm, you know, unless I'm missing something. You know, they must have been tight windows to, to operate with. And then her IQ, you know, being able to put shots in different places that, you know, normally, you know, a kid gets that open with a shot at the goal and they, you know, kind of 
maybe panic and just shoot it right into the stick. Uh, I'm telling you, Joe, I think this is a team that if they're if they are able to get into the playoffs, and I say that because they have such a challenging schedule, they're going to be looking for wins on their schedule there. But if they get in, I'm telling you, this is a team that a lot of girls teams in Division Two are not going to want to face in the quarterfinals. If I'm Coach Seaball up there, I probably, you know, I'm going to work on let's get let's let's get our defense as good as possible. And then, you know, we just pack it in. Maybe you play a backer zone and you get your best player of the ball. And maybe, you know, in a playoff game, things get a little bit tighter. Um, they could be they could be a really interesting team come playoff time. I mean, and that's, you know, the interesting thing with, you know, lacrosse, I would say, is you don't always need your defense to be, you know, if top you can notch. If you, if you can, can control you draw, yeah, if you yeah. can control draws and you can keep it in the offensive end. Yeah, especially in high school with no shot clock. But I think in the girls' game, with with her, with, with the dynamic scoring power that she has, I would just start building my defense, building my defense up, and, and and getting it as good as possible come playoff time, and try and slow the pace of the game down and let her take over. Um, so they had an interesting uh, schedule early on. They played eight of their first nine games uh, on the. Actually, let me. I don't know. Can I count here? Looks like seven of their first eight games. Excuse me. No, it is eight of their first nine because they, all right, there is one. They do have a makeup game with Londonderry coming up that has disappeared from the schedule. It seems. <laughs> um, not sure when that's actually being made up, but that was supposed to be eight of nine. Looks like seven of eight right now, and that one's in there somewhere, on the road, and not just you know, traveling to to Lebanon or whatever you know close by. They went to Portsmouth. They went to Winnicott, Wyndham, down here in Ashwood to BG, and then tomorrow or they they go to uh, Pinkerton as well. Uh, so, you know, those aren't easy drives. Not easy drives and not easy teams. I mean, no. sometimes you drive a long ways and you get to play an easy team. Those are all teams that are that are vying for a state championship in their respective divisions. Um, you know, I think that's done on purpose, though. I think they like to challenge themselves. But also, it's just so unreliable early season whether or not their field's going to be ready. So I think you get those games out of the way. And then, you know, on the backstretch, you get healthy and you get home games come playoff time. You know, the other side of that game uh, with Bishop Gurdon now, Seven and zero, the only undefeated team left now in Division One. We'll get to what happened with that later. Um, you know, they too another team that's really challenged themselves with an with an out of division schedule that includes a, a game like that, some good mass teams. Um, you know, and the the thing that kind of stood out to me was, um, you know, they give up thirteen goals, which is their you know their it's season the high, high watermark yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, they kept scoring though, like they did not take their foot off the off the gas in that game. Carrie, Carrie's got two or three lines of midfield that she can play. She's got she's got two or three lines of depth at just about every position, um, and and that's what makes Bishop Girton so dangerous is that they have talent up and down the board, and they can just keep throwing waves at you throughout the game. It's going to take a really really special game for for someone to beat them, um, you know. And this kind of segues into into Bedford a little bit in the game that they played with Pinkerton. I was looking at Bedford and the scores that they had put up. They were putting up, uh, you know, over, it looks like, almost 17, 18 goals a game, and yeah, they were giving yeah. up single digits. So we kind of wanted to see, you know, where, where, they, where they stacked up. I thought maybe they could give a team. Now, now I think I'm back on, if there's a team that's going to beat BG, I think I'm back on that, that Pinkerton train right now. Uh, it seems like their defense is playing really well. They've figured out kind of an offensive, uh, you know, scoring punch. And um, you know they 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 went into um, they went into Bedford and they beat Bedford 15-11 the other day. Well, you mentioned you know how the 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 firepower of Bedford's offense early the, in the season, and they 
got out to a four nothing lead, you know, less than ten minutes into that game, and I'm, you know, I thought, well, geez, I guess, you know, maybe, maybe it's Bedford and BG. Those are going to be the teams to beat, and then and then Pinkerton, you know, responds by outscoring them seven to one over the rest of the half, uh, you know. So, again, I think, you know, there were stretches of the BG Pinkerton game where, you know, BG got out to a big lead in that game, and then Pinkerton came back. You know, maybe if that doesn't happen, maybe they don't build as much of a hole. You know, it's a, I mean, that was a, still a four-goal game. I, I like I like Pinkerton for the fact that they have two solid goaltenders that they can both rely right. on, Danny yeah. Martino and, and Lauren Sweeney. You know, they combined for nine saves in the game. That That's a huge difference there. When you, again, I think we've talked about it in, in weeks past, if you can make 50% or better of the shots on goal turn into saves, those are essentially turnovers and going the other way. And as up and down and fast paced as girls lacrosse is, that's huge, and that t turns into transition. You know, the other uh, big game on Monday that that uh, want to talk about too. You know, a, a rematch of probably the biggest playoff upset of the year last year uh, on the girls' side. Um, had to add a, that in there, remembering uh, the the champ D one championship game. Uh, that was a pretty big upset on the boys' side there. Um, but on the on the the girl side, uh, you know Hollis Brookline goes out to Winnicott and you know gets down a little bit early and comes back and wins 12-11 over a Winnicott team that is you know maybe not as strong as it was a year ago, but is still a very very good team. I think it was just last week we were talking that you know Winnicott had to be in the conversation for a top five. You know if you were ranking on the girl side a top five, if we had a coaches poll on the girl side. Winnicunit would be in that discussion based off their two one-goal losses to Pinkerton and, and Portsmouth. But then you turn around, and now Hollis Brookline beats them. Hollis Brookline's got to be in that as a Division II team. They've got to be in that con you got three teams from Division II in Winnicunit, Portsmouth, and Hollis Brookline that could all be considered a top-five team overall in the state right now. You um, know, and impressive. It, Hollis at 5-0 and oh is the only undefeated team in Division II. I know Portsmouth's loss is to Pinkerton, but... You know, that's still loss is a loss. We'll find out. Well, you could know. you imagine that if Hollis Hollis is able to run the table and then you've got and then you've got a semifinal, potentially a semifinal matchup of Portsmouth and Winnicott, that one seed potentially has a it's, much oh, easier it's huge. road. It's, yeah. it's, it's a much yeah. easier road to the to the finals. Well, we will get fortunately, we'll get a Hollis Portsmouth game uh, in the last day on the last day of the season on the twenty fourth. Uh, Portsmouth comes out to Hollis Brookline. Uh, but you know, looking up to even leading even up to still that though, game, even if they lose only that one game, potentially Winnicott's already got two losses on the season, three losses. Three They've got three losses, losses on now. the season. Yeah. Portsmouth has some other tough games on their schedule. Um, if Portsmouth does, if they are able to run the table, then they would they would have the head to head there. But you know, they they've still got Exeter on their schedule. They've got Hanover. They've got uh, Londonderry, Wyndham. They've got Winnicott again. You know, so there, there's still some things to play out there. You know, and you look at um, Hollis's schedule uh, is very favorable. You know, they uh, they get Kingswood at home, um, which is, you know, Kingswood's a, a pretty decent team in D2. Not having to go there makes a big difference. Um, you know, they play at Nashua South, uh, so, you know, could, should be a tough game against a, a D1 opponent. That game uh, at Hanover is going is to yeah. be huge. That, yeah. that, will, that, will tell, that, that will tell some things right there. Um, you know, and that's that probably is the one that I look at and say that's probably the other, you know, potential. Uh, but if Hollis Brookline, if they can run the table and head into that last game at home for all the marbles, uh, potentially for a one seed, um, you know, against Portsmouth, <laughs> that 
that would that'll be a fun game to go to on the 24th uh so let's flip it over to the the boys side here and uh you know i want to start like we did with the girls i want to start in division three there was a score yesterday that um kind of blew my mind uh i, I you know i I, really not, I know where you're going with this and i did not expect that one at all yeah of course uh you know again like on the girls side a lot of d3 teams were off over the break uh you had a, a, a battle of uh, unbeaten teams at Laconia yesterday. Pelham going up to Laconia and handing the Sachems a 20-4 to four, uh, setback. I'm not sure Laconia has been beat like that, especially at home, in a long, long time. That That's an impressive, impressive victory right there. I mean, for, I mean you know, in a couple weeks, um, that still would seem like a big – but, I mean, when you add in there the fact that, that you know, Pelham hasn't played a game in probably – 10 days um you know they uh i don't know how much they practice over the break i don't think you know if i'm recalling i don't think it sounded like they were going to do much over the break so they just roll the balls out there monday when they get off the bus at laconia and 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 beat beat laconia by 16 uh it just it's i'm stunned by that i'm stunned too because laconia we knew coming into the season had lost some very good players but for them to be able to go up there like that and and get a victory um you know they they've still got a chase on on their roster they've still got a steal on their roster they've still got roy's on their roster they've, they've got some good players up at laconia and for pelham to go and do that i think it shows that pelham's for real and now it sets up a huge date with uh hopkinson coming up on may may 10th um i think you know they, they they're at kearsarge but kearsarge has kind of shown when, that maybe they've already beaten them right this year right you know in big yeah so um you know i think uh the ad tweeted out that he there's something something cooking there and i think he's right um you know i think uh i think pelham has a reason to be excited but they got to stay focused um if they get through that stretch uh, the next two weeks will tell if they get through that stretch they should be in good I mean, shape they have as you said they've got kearsarge next monday um and then they're at trinity the fu- the next day on when or excuse me on yeah on wednesday um and then Hopkinton on Friday, so that's a pretty the big. The week. score that stands out to me out of that, when you really look at that, is is the way they beat Monadnock at Monadnock. They they beat Monadnock fifteen to seven, and Monadnock gave Hopkinton everything they could handle. Uh, recently, it was a one goal one goal game against against Hopkinton. I believe Hopkinton was down in that game by by a couple goals. I, I had talked to Coach Blue, and I think they were down by two goals with less than two minutes to play. And they ended up tying it up, and then took the game in overtime. So, so here's a, a question that maybe, are, and I might be looking way too far ahead here. But they have that Pelham has that week coming up, you know, finished finishing up with that Hopkinton game uh, on the 10th, and then after that, you know, the, the schedule drops off quite a bit after that. Um, you know, there three are some good three teams games on in three days, three right, four games in five <laughs> days actually. No, we uh, look at, it, but still, yeah. But but then you know you go from playing arguably, you know. Th- Three, four, potentially of the top teams in the division, you know, and then you go, you've got Bishop Brady and Campbell on back-to-back days. Not to take anything away from the Bishop Brady's having a down year, it seems. Yep. Campbell's been pretty good. They pull off an upset over Trinity the other day, um, you know, and then Guilford, which I think has struggled a little bit this year. Stevens, Lebanon. It's hard to tell. Know, They've only got one score. <laughs> They've got a ten-eight win over Interlakes on the on the NHI schedule there. But uh, you know, so I'm one, so I'm so my, I guess my point is is if you you let's say Pelham comes out of that week undefeated, or loses a close game to Hopkinton at the end of that, you know, and then you don't and then you don't really get challenged m- maybe much over the last couple of weeks, 
and I wonder if that's maybe been their been their problem in the past because the schedules are pretty similar year to year. Um, you know that, that maybe they they fall into a lull going into the postseason. Yeah, I think I think teams like if teams like Pelham and and Hopkinton and some of these teams that have been in Division Three for a while now, I think if they continue to to elect to stay in Division Three, they might they might want to look to schedule to get some of those D two and maybe even a couple D one one games up there. It's always tough, uh, just numbers wise, right? You always worry. I mean, it's the same thing with my guys, right? I'm enjoying the schedule that we're playing this year. I'm enjoying, uh, you know, the, the challenge that we set. But I tell you what, there's a lot of nights where I go to bed and I'm like, man, I hope everybody just stays healthy because, you know, unless you're unless you're a BG or a Pinkerton or even to some extent like an Exeter or a Londonderry, you just don't have the depth down your bench that that other teams can. And, and you worry that if you lose some of your star guys, now all of a sudden you're. Uh, you've now mortgaged playing for a championship right. to try and play some of those tougher games. I will say it would probably be tough for some of those teams to schedule D1. Um, it's a no-win situation, yeah. Well, it, it really isn't because for if the you're D1, D1 teams, team, if you, D1 even teams. if you if you win the game, you you get less points in the NHIA's yeah. you know, ratings. Or, but there's yeah, a lot of point D2 teams system. that I think, and right. former, D2, right. former or current D2 teams that were D3 were teams, teams that I think, yeah. that I think yeah. it would be great matchups. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of D2... Um, you know, you, again, you look at the top, and it's uh, it's starting to kind of figure itself out a little bit. I think, you, of course, you know, you guys, Dairyfield, of course, being what seven and zero at this point. Um, Portsmouth is still right up there. They got a uh, surprisingly Big. close close win the other day um, against St. Thomas, Thomas. Is for real. Yeah, I, mean, I, I text Coach Hulan after. I said, Coach of the Year. I mean, early <laughs> season Coach of the Year right now. I mean, I don't think like we talked about. I think I've said it for three weeks straight. St. Thomas was kind of lying in the weeds out there, and I think that's exactly what Coach Houlihan wanted. He's got some he's got some good talent out there right now. They're playing, uh, you know, tremendous defense. Uh, Brendan Tersolo, Patty Vetter, those guys are filling up the net, and they've got some young kids that are getting more and more confident. Um, yeah, St. Thomas is on a roll right now, and I think justified uh, justified a top ten. Uh, vote this week they were they're in there um uh, believe they got receiving some, other some votes. others yeah, receiving yeah, votes they I got believe. a couple of votes yep. um you so know i think that, that's a team the way i think they've bought into coach Willahan the way he wants them to play defense saying you know we're going to grind this game down we're going to slow it down and we're going to be efficient on offense um i think they've bought into that and i think they can believe that i think they believe that they can run with anybody uh, you had, uh, or we were supposed to have on Monday, a game that I really was curious to see what the outcome was going to be with uh, Merrimack going over to Hollis Brookline. Uh, and one of the, uh, the all-time favorites in the spring is the postponement on the, the bright, sunny day. Um, because I guess Hollis's field was not playable. And I'd, I'd you know, go by Merrimack driving down uh, the turnpike. They, it looked like they had a track meet going on, so kind of tough to play a game. Right. Um, whether their field was playable or not, and uh, I, you know, I, I mentioned this I think to you on Monday. Um, sure, would be nice if one of them had turf. Uh, although Hollis although is trying, they're I, trying yeah, hard. Um, I believe someone mentioned to me that they were breaking ground soon. Um, on I that, thought it was still. I, I thought it was still yeah. wrapped up in the court system, trying to get that approved. But uh, it, that would be great. It'd be great for the Hollis kids and the Hollis community if they were able to get that. And turf approved. I believe Merrimack just shot down that the town shot down getting a turf field there but m largely because the way it was proposed was that the entire town w the town was going to have to foot the bill for it rather than you know some a situation like they've got a, had it out at Sauhegan where you know someone offered to put up money for it and then they did some fundraising and 
they were able to put it together. So I think that's, I think it needs to be re- probably reconsidered there and, and, and presented in that form where, you know, let's, you know, let's get our money together and find some, some, you know, generous uh, people in the community to, to hopefully help out because, you know, at this point, and especially can in Budweiser, spring, can Budweiser <laughs> be a high school uh, <laughs> sponsor? For, I don't know. You know, I, I'm not. I'm <laughs> not positive about that. Uh, Probably not the best. Look, no, although although they played, uh, I know they played soccer games there in the fall at times. There you go. Uh, which is always fun taking pictures of you know kids playing soccer with a, you know, a brewery in the background. Uh, <laughs> that's that's looks good. I feel like Budweiser owns some other subsidiaries, some some I don't know if it's some Powerade or something. Maybe, maybe <laughs> something, do something else. Yeah. <laughs> something um, else on the field there, but you know, I agree. They something needs to be done because it, it is becoming increasingly more, as evident by the weather this year, it's becoming increasingly more difficult for uh, high school teams. Uh, I don't know how you're a baseball player and play this time of year, but for lacrosse, oh, you it, <laughs> it, it makes it much easier if you have a turf field. You don't. That's how you're playing yeah. at this time of year. There, there, there's no place to play or nothing to do. You know. So I agree that would have been a, that would have been a good game to see. I think you know um, I I don't I think that Merrimack St. Thomas score was a little deceiving that you went to last week. I yeah. think Merrimack's better yeah, very, than a, than a yeah, 13-3 loss to St. Thomas. As we talked about, St. Thomas is playing really well, but I know the talent that Merrimack has, and I think you're going to see them rebound from that. You know, and just just looking at the standings, on, on, you know, in Division Two, I just I, I can't help but feel because of the the size of the division. I mean, you got 21 teams again this year. You know, 14 teams are getting into the playoffs. And it just seems, you know, some teams are playing different schedules, less games, maybe, you know, softer schedules in, a, in to a certain degree. And and I, I, I just feel like there's going to be somebody that's going to end up getting kind of on the short end of, 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 you know, some of these because of the way everything is seated. I also, I, but you know, the way the way I'm looking at this, I do think there's the there there is a clear separation, and I do actually think that the one and the two seed are gonna get a significant um, bump, and maybe more the maybe more the one seed than the two seed, because I, I think it does drop off. I think there's a lot of teams at the. Bu- I think it is tightly packed at the top. I think that I think there's at least eight teams that can all compete with each other and and uh, vie for a state championship. But I think I think it does drop off after that. So I think you know potentially the one having to play the eight and the nine and the two, the seven and the ten seed, the winners of those games, uh, you know, could could see a significant uh, advantage. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, so we're going in reverse order here. Let's wrap up uh, with the Division One boys. Um, you know, a lot of games I think played in the last uh, week or so. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't know about you, that, um, but the one that jumped out to me was, was the Londonderry Exeter score. I, I, you know, I had talked to a lot of coaches after our scrimmage with, with Londonderry, and there were very few. Co- I, I think a lot of coaches were a little skeptical of, of that scrimmage and, and how we <laughs> played in it. Uh-huh. Know, maybe Derryfield's not that good. And then, you know, Londonderry, and, and again, you know, Londonderry didn't help me out that first week with a loss at, at Concord. Hey, I, um, I, however, I will say, can I, I, I'm going to put this on the record because it wasn't on the four before, but I said to you, after that scrimmage, watch, they're going to lose their first game. They, you they're did. Gonna, you they did. came out in that first game against Concord after, after beating you guys. And they were up big. In they were up they big were at halftime, and I think they've just probably lost sight on that one because of, you know, what sure. had gone on. And, and, yeah, Concord came back and won that game. You know, and, sen- and since then, they've taken care of business. They played Bishop Girton very difficult. You know, they played them to a f- uh, 14-7 game. They turn around and, and they uh, – they beat Salem, and then now they played Exeter to an 8-6 game. 
and you know Where, Exeter's looked phenomenal. Uh, and Coach Holly's got them playing really well, and he was really impressed with Londonderry. Londonderry had the game. lead in the second half of that game. Yep. And then you know they came and, and it looks at you know they took care of business against a good Wyndham team uh, on Monday, winning twelve eight. So to me, Londonderry is a team that again I, I've talked to a couple coaches. I think you know they they don't necessarily want to play them come that, but they they look like they're they're sh- shaping up to be that that four seed. That maybe uh, we were we were kind of figuring out who the, who that's going to be. Of course, they've they've got a tough week coming up with Portsmouth, Pinkerton, and Exeter. Um, you know, so it'd be uh, you I'll know. I'll be really curious to see that Portsmouth score tomorrow. Yeah. You know, how do they yeah. handle Cole Brahms at the X? If they can neutralize that a little bit, I like the way Londonderry's playing right now. They don't they don't kill themselves on offense. They don't turn the ball over unnecessarily. They're very disciplined. Um, you know, so it, that'll be that'll be an interesting game. And then that um, the Londonderry Pinkerton game on Friday is actually the second game of a doubleheader, boys girls doubleheader that I'm weather weather allowing. Uh, I'll be at that uh, for both games, but who knows who knows if it's. I mean, I last I saw it was supposed to rain Friday. Uh, yeah, I don't think the turf is done yet, so it's on the. Uh, from what I understand, the the JV baseball field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know the the team out in front there uh bg you know just doing kind of what they do um six wins in a row since their one loss to to need them there back in the first week you know and then they got they've been off for a couple days here they don't return Big game coming up uh, against severian right, thursday against severian and then friday they turn right around and play hanover you know the one the one downside to bishop girton going undefeated out of state last year is all those teams in mass now have them circle and just get not again we're not you know in and getting those teams to, to come, you know, some of them to come up here, they do have to go down to Zavarian this year. Um, but, I, you know, I know going in, Needham had that attitude coming in that they, they were not going to let that happen oh. again. They were not going to get blown out. They were, they were going to come after these guys. Um, so BG will be battle-tested come playoff time because every one of these teams is going to come after them this year. Needham celebrated after that game like they just won a championship. Like they were – I mean, they, they historically have not had much success, but – you're right. Last year's game was was a beatdown. They were that game was pretty much over at halftime, uh, and and you know they came out and got up on them early, and it was, you know, it was um, their New Hampshire championship. Let's say, yep. uh, you know, after that game, you know the um, the other takeaway I kind of had from uh, looking at scores and also getting to see them a little bit um, last Saturday was that. Um, you know, Bedford uh, just, it, it really looks like they're going to struggle this year. Um, you know, they take a tough loss to Acton-Boxborough, turn around and take another one um, on Monday against Pinkerton. And the fri- last Friday, before that Acton-Boxborough game, they had to go play at Hanover in a night game where, you know, it's close late, um, and they give up. I think their goalie got Their goalie hurt got hurt. They gave up a bad goal, net. yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and then they turn around and have to play that noon game on Saturday. Um, and it's just, you know, looking at where they are now and, and what's coming up, um, you know, it just looks really tough for them to, to try to fight back from that. Well, Ryan Toscano will do his best there. Some other kids are going to have to rise up. I mean, they do have, they do have a stretch coming up. If, if they are going to turn the season around, it's going to have to be over this next week. They've got Keene, Salem, and Concord. Cape Elizabeth is fantastic. That, that team's always strong. So it, it, I think at minimum they need to go two and one, if not three and zero, over those next three games against Keene, Salem, and Concord to even have a chance of getting in the playoffs. You know, the back half of their schedule they've got Cape Elizabeth, Nashua South, Timberlane. They do have Nashua North, who who is definitely rebuilding this year. But then they've got Exeter and Sauhegan. So, 
you know, to make those games against Exeter and Sauhegan meaningful at the end of the year, I think they've got to go 3-0 and over the next over the next week or so. You know, one team you mentioned in that too, Nashua South, they've um, had a pretty nice stretch here They're over believing. the last couple of days, four in a row, including a double overtime win at Timberlane on Monday in uh, a game that was probably a little closer than, than we might have expected. Um, you know, maybe you chalk that up to the – the road trip and first New day back after Division vacation. One, you New, know, yeah, you know, team. They don't think they've they've scrimmaged in the past, but yeah, about that team. Yeah, know, Timberlane's a team that you know um, did did pretty well. They were they've been building over the last couple of years in Division Two. They got thrust up into into Division One, and you know everybody knows about Matt Licata. But other than that, you know I don't know that that Coach Muncie would have known a whole lot about uh, Coach Blaska's team. Uh, and South, of course, has on Thursday. Um, you know, one of their, regardless of how good North is, one of their bigger games of the year. Um, I think yeah. we, for some reason, we were both at that game last year. We were year. one of them. They played twice. They, la- played, they played twice, twice last yeah. year. And, and I remember the uh, the intensity that that game, I think we did a podcast, actually. Yeah, we did. We recorded it, yeah. And uh, yeah. I think we were doing it at halftime. And, uh, you know, I remember the intensity that both teams played with. It didn't matter that, you know, at that point in the season, South w- it clearly separated themselves. Both yeah. teams played with a tremendous amount of pride and uh, – School pride and intensity. That game also another uh, boys-girls varsity doubleheader. Uh, that one we know will get played regardless of the weather, of course, at, at Stello Stadium uh, Thursday with the girls starting at 5. You know what? I, I'm actually, you know, with the beginning of the season, I wasn't sure. I thought maybe the girls' game was also going to be a little more uh, leaning in South's direction. But with the way the North girls have played over the last 10 days or so, they started out the year 0-5. Uh, have won four in a row since, including an overtime win, o- come from behind overtime win on Monday against Dover, in which they scored um, three goals in the last two and a half minutes. And and h- here's my my nitpick o- uh, of girls lacrosse for for I don't know maybe the week or the season I don't know. I've been I've felt this way for a while. Um, North should have won the game in regulation because with about two seconds left, they scored a goal, but Dover committed a, a foul. So they wait. They take the goal off the board, give North a free position shot, and a Dover goalie makes a save, and we're going to overtime. What other sport do you penalize the the, the team that scores for a defensive penalty? I you I don't. You don't. You don't. I, I mean that. I would be really. I would be really upset yeah. if. if yeah. I would, yeah. So, um, it does remind me though that I had actually talked to Coach Hulian last night, and apparently they. They scored just after the whistle that would have sent it to that would have sent it to oh. overtime. They they just couldn't get the shot off in time, and then the whistle had blown, and they got it off. And, and again, who knows? Maybe the goalie had heard the right. whistle and, and stopped playing yeah, as hard. Yeah. But, um, you know, so yeah, no, I don't know any other sport where where you get penalized for uh, for good play. Well, you know, we'll do some research on that and <laughs> see if we can come back with an answer next week. Uh, any final thoughts before we uh, we wrap this one up? I think we're going to know more about Division One on the boys' side as far as those uh, four through kind of like the eight seeds as the week uh, concludes here and, and, and we finish up the weekends uh, with Nashua South, Timberlane, Sauhegan, those teams kind of battling there, Dover. Um, so we'll, I think we'll have a clearer picture next week as, as that goes on. He is Derryfield boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. Chris, thanks again for joining me. Joe, great to be back here again. And don't forget that there is, uh, we're up to episode number four on the season coming out this Friday. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to check out last week's. I might be a little biased, but I thought it was pretty good. Uh, So keep an eye out for that. I am Joe Marcellina. Thanks again for listening.